0: Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Stats.
1: Coming up, we have another interview episode with Mandy Rice. She talks about ways she has flipped her classroom, and also she gives some insights into using a game board in her classroom. A game board is a great opportunity to provide some autonomy for your students. Be sure to stay tuned for our conversation about the game board and how gamification can help motivate students and encourage students to take control of their own learning. Also, be sure to listen in because we do talk about some tips that she's used to flip her classroom. She is a flipped classroom expert. She hosts courses on how to do that. I think that's really an important thing to think about during this time. I know we're trying to think of ways that we can provide learning for our students during this time. And one thing maybe you might want to consider is what a flipped classroom can provide for you. And you can use these resources that you do to flip your classroom now in the future. So check out that conversation coming up too. And before we get into that episode, I want to hear from you. What have you been doing during the quarantine, during our self-isolation time, during stay at home measures? What kind of games have you been playing? I have had the opportunity to hop on to several different gaming platforms, including some video games. I've been playing a lot more video games than I normally would. I've been able to play a bit of Civilization VI, some PlayStation, as well as a few tabletop games online. We've played through Stream as well as Board Game Arena. If you do a quick Google search for Board Game Arena, those are there are some games to play on that platform for free and it's coded into the system so it does not allow you to break the rules another platform that i've been using that does cost a bit of money is tabletop simulator it's not too expensive it's about ten dollars this past weekend it was on sale they might do another promotion as well but it's normally twenty dollars it's really fun because it is a simulator and you can play just about any game you can add any game there are thousands of mods on line that you can search and add to the tabletop simulator to play really cool because you can play with as many players as you want all sorts of different games if you do hop onto the platform feel free to reach out to me too i'd love to play some games online with you you can email me it's podcast at boardgamewitheducation.com i would love to play a game with you too so be sure to send me an email and now without waiting any longer let's get into the interview Welcome to another interview episode of Board Game with Education. I am thrilled today because I have a special guest and we're going to talk about some different teaching methods, specifically a flipped classroom. So uh, today we have Mandy Rice. She is an AP Psych teacher and business owner and she is a flipped classroom expert. And I did a little bit of digging around on the internet and I found that you enjoy to do you enjoy doing crafts.
0: Oh, goodness. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. I have a whole craft room on the like opposite side of my boy's playroom. Yep, I sure do. (laughs) That's so funny. Would you
1: would you mind sharing maybe like your your most your favorite craft that you've completed or some one of them one of the crafts you're working on now?
0: Yeah, I um, oh, that's a good one. I I've really been into like lettering recently. So like the art that you see up in people's homes when it's someone's handwriting, that's kind of cool. I've made all three of my boys a quilt for their beds. Um, And I also have one of those Cricut machines where you have the little software on your computer and you tell it what to draw or cut out and it does it for you. And it's super cool. (laughs) Super cool.
1: That's Awesome. Really awesome. So we are here to talk about gamification and education. And can you share a little bit about your experience as a teacher and who you are?
0: Yeah, sure. So yeah, I'm Mandy, and I live just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. um, And that's also where I have taught for 10 years. I guess, is it 11? I always lose track. I always get that messed up, but around 10 years, (laughs) let's say. I'm certified in social studies and most of my time in the classroom has been teaching AP psychology as well as sociology, American history, um, a couple online or hybrid courses in the mix of, of social studies. Uh, Most of that time, I also flipped my classrooms, which is just where students would watch a video either at home or like at the beginning of the class, like every few days, which was a video I made for them. And then we really dug into the content in class, really the idea being moving up blooms, right, And, and synthesizing and applying and all of that kind of stuff provided the time that that flipping allowed.
1: Awesome and I'm really excited to talk about the flipped classroom because like I mentioned I had done that for a year in teaching English as a second language actually for the writing course and I know I could improve upon it so I'm excited to get some of your insights on that.
0: Yeah writing is a good one too because that's such skill-based.
1: Right um, right.
0: Flipping is really cool in a skill-based course for sure.
1: Right and it allowed me the opportunity to meet with my students one-on-one and I had class sizes of 50 students so it's it was almost it's almost something I needed to do
0: yeah it's something I talk to a lot of teachers about is can you imagine being able to speak one-on-one with every single one of your students every day or close to it they're like no right. way, no way <laughs> you can it's pretty, it's pretty powerful <laughs> yeah
1: so we're going to get into the flipped classroom and some things you do to apply games in your teaching before we do, what is your experience with board games outside of teaching?
0: Um, outside of teaching, I've always been a fan of game boards, something my my family and I just always did together. Um, we played a lot of game boards and a lot of cards. We do like a lot of card games. <laughs> um, now I'm a mother of three boys and our oldest being six, so he's really getting into games recently. We, pay, we play a mean game of Uno Attack and Candyland, <laughs> so... Um, That's kind of been my experience, just really being like a a family focused experience with game boards, especially recently.
1: Awesome. Yeah, Uno is definitely one of those classics that every kid kind of plays growing up. One game I might suggest that I haven't played yet, but I have seen my students play in the mornings when I show up and I know I've seen others post about it on Facebook is Monopoly Deal, which Monopoly kind of gets a bad rep because it's, it's long and well, if you play by your house rules, it tends to be longer than the real rules, but Monopoly deal, I guess it eliminates some of the things that Monopoly is, I guess, hated
0: for. Interesting. That's what, I'll have so, to check that out. That might be yeah, a couple of years out for us, but yeah. yeah we'll right. Check that out. right.
1: <laughs> awesome. So w- when you first started using games and teaching, or can you share maybe some your first experience or first decision that you thought this might be something you would do?
0: For sure. Um, I never was the one to say that I wanted to use games simply because I had such a passion for games. Not that I don't have a passion for games. I just never saw it as being something that I had the time (laughs) to really invest. I saw it as, as really complicated. But when I really started thinking more seriously about it is when I wanted to change the conversation in my class around grades and the value of grades and that's that's a big cultural shift right and that I'm I'm trying to get my students to a place where they recognize that their performance the product of their learning right which is in the classes that I taught at least which was mostly AP psych was the the test right the AP exam that's the bigger focus I wanted their grades to indicate their performance more than their process of learning. And that's not just to be the, you know, the teacher over them that says, no, it has to only be a test, but also so that they felt more comfortable in making mistakes and learning from their mistakes in the learning process. And so if I always tied grades to what they were doing in order to learn and therefore do better on their tests. That couldn't happen, right? Those, those honest and very good mistakes for lack of a better term, because they're, they would then be learning from them. I, I couldn't do that um, with, with grades being tied to them, but I, I knew that I needed to incentivize the learning process more naturally, let's say, Um, without tying grades to it. And so I found this game board. I found it on Teachers Bay Teachers um, on a store by a teacher. Her store is called Secondary Sarah, and she's actually an English teacher. And it just was on a Google Doc, what very much looked like a traditional game board with the boxes going along the little path. And there's like a little key on the side to explain what some things meant. And I'm, I'm a bit, big advocate for if you're going to change something big in your classroom, you wait until the summer. And So I made it my, my summer project to really dive into that resource that she provided and making it work for, for my classroom in ways that, like I was saying before, that changed the conversation around grades in, in my class.
1: That's really awesome. I'm looking at the game board now. Can you kind of share a little bit about what a student might feel like using it? When looking at it, it looks like there's different objectives they have to go through and complete, and it's on a path that they have to follow, but it looks like there are a couple different options at different
0: points. Yes, um, that was the other big, big part of it. There's built in yet systemized differentiation. Differentiation is, at least it was for me, a really scary term because to me, that meant that I'm making all unique stuff for all of my students. And that that's a that's really, really difficult. Whereas in this game board, as the students are going along and they accomplish the each box, right? like each spot that they land on, when they accomplish that, they actually get a stamp, which indicates like they've been there, right? Like you got that accomplished, so you can move on now. So they got things accomplished along the way, right? And then we get to a quiz, which is like one of those formative assessments. And there's an indicator there that if they get above or below a certain point, they have a different path to take. And those different paths are very systemized so that it doesn't depend strictly on me. Whether that's in the classroom or in my planning, it's already laid out and ready to go for them. Um, the indicator in my class was an eighty percent. If you're a, a you know at or above that, you go on to enrichment. If you're below an eighty percent, which that's kind of high, but it was it was what worked. If you're below that, you go through remediation, and they had multiple options on what to do for both of those paths. And, and lots of creative options too, which was something that I felt like I didn't have the time to do beforehand, but with flipping, but then also adding in um, the game board, it was just a, it was a really cool flow that allowed my students to do some really creative and really cool stuff that I probably would not have felt good about taking the time to do before using the game board.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, it's super cool. I want to see maybe if I can frame my thoughts. It seems like the game board and the flipped classroom, that gamification, I guess, technique of using the game board and the different paths for learning combined with the flipped classroom are really allowed for that differentiation and learning too.
0: Yeah, I would even argue that flipping is what allowed me to have the the space both physically and mentally <laughs> to even consider using a game board because I now had the class time in order to do things other than just lecture or give direct instruction. And so, but that, that also was kind of scary. Like, wow, I have a ton of class time now. So I wanted to give more structure to that. And the game board allowed me Allowed me to kind of find that that happy medium and that structure that I was looking for.
1: Right, and I can definitely relate to you with the uh, I guess at least my first class having flipped the classroom and then that first class having all the students and I I had once a week three hours and I'm like what am I gonna do with these three hours? But then I quickly realized as soon as I started meeting students one on one, like I could definitely fill up the whole class just meeting one on one and doing. Critique or looking over, workshopping their writing,
0: for sure. Yeah, it's 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 giving you the the time and the space to to build those connections with them one on one, not just one to thirty or however many's in the room.
1: Right. So, what are some other times you've used games in teaching or in your classes?
0: um One time, it was really cool. Actually, I was looking for a more um, real life, maybe I guess scenario or situation to teach stratification in my sociology class. So class system and how really how the economy works was a big one. And so I used Monopoly. I actually found it online. I totally forget where it was, but it was a really cool resource (laughs) on um, helping, on getting students. So on day one, they played Monopoly the normal way. And maybe, well, it ended up taking up the whole class because class was like 50 minutes long. And, you know, just getting in set up and all of that. And you'd be surprised at how many high school juniors and seniors have never played Monopoly before. Like, never played it. And I was shocked to learn this. So, really, there was value in that. Like, wow, you guys get to play an American pastime. Like, you have to play Monopoly. Um, So, but then on day two, it was stratified monopoly. So instead of everybody getting the same amount of money to start, each person was assigned a different social class and they got different, differing amounts of money to start with. They also had varying sides of the board or properties that they were even allowed to purchase like the upper class was allowed to purchase anywhere, but all the way down to the lowest class was only allowed to purchase like from go to, isn't it free parking? No, it's jail. I forget. They were only allowed to purchase properties there. And so the rules seem kind of, uh, I don't know, that seems seems a little harsh, but that's kind of the idea, right? Is to show them that there are social constructs in place that allow people born into certain statuses developed by society that that either allow them or don't allow them that completely hinder them from being successful in certain ways in our nation and it really spurred some good conversations it um, got them rather heated in certain <laughs> at certain points. Had to kind of ch- you know cool the jets a little bit. But yeah, it, it really started some great conversation around the content, not just gamifying the class as far as the way that I was doing it with the game board in in incentivizing um, the the process of learning.
1: Right, definitely. That's more I guess game based learning that we're doing when we use monopoly to teach the content and i did a quick google search to maybe find the resource that you used um i just searched using monopoly to teach social stratification and google filled out the rest ending quality and, inequality. and okay, i yeah. think paulsjusticepage.com it looks like this is one of the resources and it has a worksheet and rules for playing the the game so maybe this is it but yeah it totally
0: could be it was it was a few years ago i um have taught mostly psychology and american history in the last few years so yeah it was it was a few years ago
1: so what would you say is maybe a challenge of doing this like introducing the game board for your flipped classroom or using monopoly as a way to learn content
0: the biggest challenge that i found and this was probably all my fault. (laughs) But one of the challenges that I found was in incentivizing it in hopes of not tying it to grades is what else is the incentive? So I set up my and all of my students into teams or houses, whatever you want to call it. And they, their team points were racked up through the game board that way. And so coming up with like the prizes at the end of each unit, or I did it by quarter, right? So like a house or a team would win the quarter. Coming up with those prizes was a bit tricky for me. I was, I was really hoping to go big or go home with those. <laughs> and I think I tried to go a little too big. So I really needed to get more creative in ways that I could reward students um, that didn't cost me an arm and a leg to be honest. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I had to do some research and and finding ways. I mean, even if it was just eating lunch in my room and they were, I don't know, allowed to order pizza, like that way I didn't have to buy it. And they were high school students, so most of them had jobs and could pay for it. But right. just allowing them that that space was one of the rewards.
1: It's kind of amazing to to see what students do enjoy, like just being able to eat lunch in your classroom that's actually probably a big deal for some students too
0: it is yeah um I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head, but you'd be amazed at just how to use time if you just get creative with that that <laughs> that that's an incentive for them
1: right and there's I mean I'm just trying to think of some other ones that we've done in my wife's classroom when we gamified her class and we've done things like uh a time machine where they can turn in their homework late. Another one I always like to say or mention as an example, if anyone teaches or has their students keep a reading log, is allow them to watch a TV show and then document what they experience in the show. If they have a, if they can use a reward like that.
0: It could be too, like a, a phone a friend or phone your teacher. Um, like during a quiz or a test, I'll answer one of your questions.
1: Oh yeah, that's really good too.
0: Something like that. Rather than it being you get 5 extra points on the test. No, make it more about the process, right? Like they have to see which one that they're really struggling with. It's it's really tied to the game then.
1: Right, right. That's that's a good one too. So, I want to ask maybe a two-part question. Well, I guess it's one question but with two different two different ways to answer it or two different parts. I guess it is a two-part question. So, um with a flipped classroom do you think that is conducive to using things like a game board using gamification me- mechanics or is it conducive to using uh game-based learning where we're teaching through content like the Monopoly game
0: I th- I think it could be both I think very much so the first option it's conducive to like the the game board part of what I was explaining um because And I guess this answers the second part too, that because you have the time to do it and, you know, a traditionally flipped classroom, which is such an oxymoron, right? A traditional flipped classroom is when, um, students watch the video, their, their teacher lecturing or giving direct instruction outside of class. So my students would watch a no more than like 15 to 20 minute video. And that's long, but that's because they're juniors and seniors, you know, um, but generally I tried to stick around 10 to 15 minutes, they would watch a video like that every other night to maybe even every three nights. And that was enough content that they got to last us in class two to three days. And so what what do you do in class now that you have two to three days? I mean, I have lots of great ideas as I'm sure most teachers do. And you especially have projects and different activities that for the longest time you've had to throw out because you just didn't have the time. But even in putting those, those um, activities that you've never done before because you didn't have the time, you'll still have more time. And the game board, it really helps take off a little bit of the pressure of having to create, 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 and come up with such awesome, innovative stuff all the time and it allows you to create the system that allows your students to really like do it themselves. Um, and, that, and that's really why I liked the resource from, from the Secondary Sarah store is because in especially in the enrichment part, there was just so many awesome creative options. And, and I was able to give my students time to really do those and, and flourish with those.
1: That's really awesome. I think you're spot on with that extra time too. I think that's a, a theme (laughs) that kind of repeats with the flipped classroom, right? Like I mentioned maybe before we got on the call, is I had flipped the classroom for just a year. And how often do you update those videos? So since I only did it for a year and I only used, you know, those same videos throughout the year, I didn't have to go back and change anything because I it was new material each semester. How often do you go back to update those videos?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it really does depend on your content, but what I did was it was about every third to fourth year that I remade the videos. So I, um, I started a year and a half ago, the third round of remaking videos. I have not finished them yet. (laughs) Um, but that's just because, um, most of the videos I had still worked. And so it's, it's kind of a slow process in doing that. Um, not slow, like, oh man, it's taking forever, but slow, like I can take my time and that's okay. Um, and also because in AP psychology, they had a, a big, not a big overhaul, but a reorganization, let's call it from last year to this year. So I'm trying to kind of follow along with that that organization or flow of the course in the video so that other teachers can use my videos and it works for them. Um, I would recommend, I would recommend at least by year five, you're remaking the video because what I tell a lot of teachers is that, the best case scenario is that you're making your videos, you're not using someone else's, but that also they can see you, that you use like not just a screen screenshot or screen capture, but also it's capturing your webcam. Because when you're in a traditional classroom and you're delivering content, your students can see you, right? They can really get a lot of, of your quirks and your personality and that's a, a huge factor in connecting with you as their teacher. Well, if your video is five years old, you know, in the internet land, that's like ancient. So you probably want to update that just because you've updated and you've changed. So um, I would recommend by year five, you're working on remaking your videos.
1: Yeah, you don't you you don't want to look totally different in your video than what you do in class, right? <laughs>
0: For sure. <laughs> and it's amazing how much we change. We really,
1: right? Do. Yeah. I mean, even within the year, yeah. I actually maybe want to share something I've done in my videos that might be helpful for gamifying a flipped classroom too. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have experimented with it a little bit more, but I would hide, and I did this in one video, I'd hide a secret word in the video that they would have to discover and then come tell me the secret word during class for bonus points.
0: Yes, so, I totally did that too. Yeah, yeah,
1: it would be cool to think about ways to, I don't know what, your game border if someone was gamifying their class with a flipped classroom to think about ways to add bonuses like different item rewards or XP points, something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, and I just had a random thought that within the video you could have like, I don't know, four or five even different images that just pop up in the corner. And they have to either draw them or somehow record what they are and that indicates some kind of puzzle that they then need to solve. When they come to class, many of them probably solving it before they come to class. But that be like your bell ringer, or your work welcome work, right? Is what was the puzzle?
1: Yeah, that's perfect, and I think that's also making sure students are engaged in the video, right? They're actually watching the video, and not just. Um, well, I guess they maybe could skip through it, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably but, <they're> probably could, <laughs> but not if you're saying it. If you're saying, oh you're yeah, too, right they have to listen. They have to listen. And that's something that I try to um, coach teachers with is you want to find the balance between what's on your slides or what's visually in your video and what you're saying. You can't rely too much on one or the other because then you just make the whole experience of the video obsolete. And you don't want to do that. You want to add value in what you say, but also in what they see.
1: Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. And going back to saying it. That that was the whole reason why I kind of hid the clue in the first place. It's like, well, I want to make sure they're they're watching the video. So I'm going to know some students that did not watch it.
0: Yes. (laughs) That might require that you update your videos more frequently. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Because, you know, those clues could work for a good two years, I bet.
1: All right. So Mandy, thank you again. Before we go into our final segment and wrap up this episode, would you share some tips or a tip with our listeners? If someone was to get started with flipping their classroom, what might you suggest one of the first things they think about as they do it?
0: When teachers are first starting out flipping their classrooms, something that I say to them is, you know, this, this journey of flipping is not for the faint at heart, right? Like You really have to decide if you're if you're committed to it because you've probably already decided that there is value and that the changes that you know are possible can happen for you. So what I tell teachers is decide what you're going to flip first. So for me, when I first flipped, it was I'm doing the whole shipping. And I started over the summer. I had multiple units ready before the, the school year started. But for many teachers, that's not plausible. It's not even possible. So I say decide on a unit or, you know, a chapter, whatever the kind of units of study are in your course that you're going to flip and don't give up or don't, you know, change course in the middle, flip the whole thing. And then compare that data from that unit from years past, if you've taught the course before, because that way you can really see separate from any student whining that you might have. Not that all students whine about the flip classroom. Most of my students absolutely loved it with no teeth pulling necessary. Um, but just so that, you know, the ones that are saying they aren't liking it don't outweigh the actual results that you have. That would probably be my first tip. Sorry.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's okay. I think that's, I mean, that's perfect advice and you had something very important is that data and looking at the differences between what you were doing before and what you're doing now, I think that applies to anything we do in teaching, right? Even using games in our classroom. Well, ask your students, did they enjoy that? Do they feel like they learned through that? And then you can even do some sort of um, assessment to see too.
0: I would probably also recommend that if you're already, if you already have gamified your class, then sure, check out Flipping. Um, Or if you've already flipped your class, then sure, check out Gamifying, but I wouldn't do both at the same time. (laughs) I wouldn't take on both of those really cool, but rather large changes for your classroom at the same time.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, I I think I did both. I'm trying to remember now because it was last year. If I flipped the classroom and Gamified it in the same semester.
0: Yeah, that's a lot.
1: I can't remember. I think I might have flipped a classroom the first semester, and then gamified the second. Though gotcha. actually, yeah. But yeah, exactly. it is. You need you need a lot of time to do either. Yes. Um, you need the yeah. prep time and planning, and
0: yeah. But what's beautiful about it is that once you've got it, you're set.
1: Right. So right.
0: Three to five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, so Mandy, thank you again. We're going to move into the final segment: the thumbs up, thumbs down rapid fire round. So I will have some statements for you. Uh, You can give a thumbs up if you like them or thumbs down if you don't like them. And then a brief reason why. Okay. Okay, we'll start with the first one. So we're all about the flipped classroom here, which means doing the lecture at home. So what about grading at home? Thumbs up or thumbs down?
0: Thumbs down. Because for me, it was always a very slippery slope. If I'm taking home grading, it's when does that ever stop? And so I had to make a hard hard no on that for me because I would just get so consumed by it and end up spending way more time on it than I than was healthy for me and my family. <laughs> um, but also because in, in doing so, I forced myself to be more effective, not more effective, more efficient with my time in the classroom and in my, my planning time.
1: All right. And the next one, we're going to go with the Scottish dog monopoly piece because we talked about monopoly a bit.
0: That would be a thumbs up. I like the dog. I'm a dog person. (laughs) And yeah, I do like that little guy.
1: (laughs) Next one, you know, we talked a little bit about this before. You didn't play a lot of video games. What about app-based games, games on your phone?
0: I can, this is a big thumbs down. I can actually say that I've never played a game on my phone. Does that make me a total unicorn? (laughs) Uh, uh, no,
1: <laughs> but it definitely would be a thumbs down, right? Yeah,
0: a thumbs down. And it's not because I'm like necessarily against it. It's just at the age that I got a smartphone, I was like heavy into college and getting my first teaching job. And so I had zero time for any, you know, leisurely acts such as playing games on my phone.
1: <laughs> awesome. So, Mandy. Thank you again for being on the show and sharing some insights. If anyone wants to reach out to you, how can they find you? And are you working on anything currently?
0: Yeah, they can. Um, Actually, probably the best way would be to just check out my website, which is teachonamission.com. It's just the name of the little business that I've been working on. Um, my main passion there being shifting from what has been for 10 years of having impact On students and now having impact with teachers. I have a really big passion in helping teachers develop sustainable ways to stay in the classroom longer, and that's namely through flipping the classroom as well as content coaching. Um, Something that I am working on and, and kind of backstage working on right now but will be very much into come April and May is my online course, Flipped Classroom Formula where I help teachers flip their classrooms. So from A to Z, we get it totally flipped in very step-by-step tactical ways um, that, that are manageable for teachers. And yeah, they can find details and see my blog at teachonemission.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook under the same name, Teach on a Mission. And I'd love to love to connect with anybody who's interested in any of those topics.
1: Really awesome. Thank you again. I know that some listeners that have already gone through the gamification route might benefit from flipping their classroom too. I know for me, it was, it was a huge success doing the flipped classroom and also having the gamification on the side too. Yeah. I really
0: see them both working really well together. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I guess you and I are both, uh, have experience in that and it definitely, definitely worked for me and it seems like it does for you too. Awesome, Mandy. So thank you again for your time and coming on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Dustin.
1: Before you go anywhere, we have two things for you. Be sure to check out our Facebook community. That's Game Based Learning, Gamification, and Games in Education. We have a lot of awesome people involved there. Really cool. Also, we are getting started with something called The Tundra. So you can search thetundra.com. We'll have more information about that. Down the road. So, as always, thank you for listening, and until next time.